Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Ben Dahl. Recording this on Wednesday afternoon. Going to be talking about the Connecticut Sun with Molly Yannity of The Athletic. Please be sure to subscribe if you have not already. have a couple more guests lined up this week to kind of be doing some mid-season check-ins with a couple different teams around the league. Also going to talk all-star picks, maybe even a little snub talk with those last couple spots there. But for now, let's get to the conversation with Molly. On the line to talk all things Connecticut Sun, I've got Molly Yannity of The Athletic. Molly, the, the I want to start with the Sun are, for all the fuss of losing five games in a row, looking at today, they're 11-6. and six. And, you know, is it is it kind of fair to say that, like, everything might be okay? Yeah, I think everything's okay. I think they got themselves in a, in a little bit of a funk, and they played some, some pretty good teams uh, in that stretch of five games. Um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed about this team, and, and it was right from the get-go, like right from media day, was that this is a team where uh, the players genuinely like each other. I mean, you know, they they seem to really enjoy playing together. Um, they, they live in an apartment complex all together in Norwich, Connecticut. And John Quill Jones and Jasmine Thomas both uh, described it as like being in college again. Um, you know, in Norwich, there's not a ton to do in Northeast Connecticut. So they're, they're with each other and, you know, kind of in each other's grill all the time. And uh, while they said over and over again that there was nothing personal, there wasn't... Um, you know, there wasn't some rift or falling out uh, it, during that five-game skid. It, it just looked like that they got away from enjoying themselves. Now, of course, losing has something to do with that. I think that the you know that the first loss was a uh, um, a, a road loss at Chicago. And um, they just couldn't make anything. You know, that was a game where they, they just shot terribly. Um, the next game, they went down to Dallas, and it was a game they should won. But Arike uh, Agumbawale just was, you know, she was doing Arike Agumbawale type of things, like making shots with a hand in her face. And, and they lost by a bucket. Um, and then they go and just get routed by Washington. And I think that they just got themselves a little bit emotionally down in those two games and it kind of spiraled and then you see him kind of nitpicky and just getting away from that enjoyment. Um, so they came home, lost another game, then they win at Indiana and, um, and then won against Phoenix, which I did not think that they were going to win. I didn't think that they were going to win that game even when they were, you know, everything was, they were cruising. I, I was concerned about them in that game. Um, shows how much I know, right? But um, I think that this is a team that is very uh, emotionally connected. And if you can kind of, you know, go against the grain of those emotions, that's when you're going to get them. Um, but if their shots are falling and they're grabbing rebounds and playing great defense, uh, you're not going to get them out of that uh, groove. And you had a you had a couple of quotes in one of your pieces where the players kind of got right at this. You know, I think it was JJ that said, "Like, yeah, we, you know, we we can't like not like each other because we're we just live right yeah. on top of each other." And and Jasmine Thomas, I think, had something interesting too, where she kind of said something to the effect of. Um, you know, we, we kind of started to think championship a little bit and kind of yeah. like really zoomed out. And I think that I think that is really interesting for this team because yeah. 
if you and, 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 and you know, I mean, that's something that I think uh, you know. How do you not? You're, you're you're winning. Not you win nine games. It everything looks like it's flowing. Um, and there are times that uh, you know, like spans in a game where they're moving the ball and and then uh, you know going on a fast break and like it just everything looks like it's unstoppable. I don't, I don't know how it, being a human you don't start thinking ahead, but when you do that and you get out over your skis, you get into a little bit of trouble, you know. And they did. Yeah, and 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 everything, you know, 2017. It's just they were very new, and then even last year it was like, all right, can they do it again? And now there does, it does kind of seem like in some sense, the enormity of like, all right, it's time for you guys to prove it. It feels like to some degree, no matter what they do or say that that is inescapable, especially because like, I think, you know, I've, I've constantly tried to kind of, you know, ask aces players out here about this a little bit. It's like, you know, like look around, like Brianna Stewart's hurt, like Dan Dinatrossi, like oh, was yeah. hurt and then got hurt again. Like what, we have no idea what they're going to look like. LA Candace Parker got hurt again. Like. Like, this is the time to strike, and I think that's kind of impossible to avoid. Oh, yeah. And, you know, something else that, that really that definitely played into that uh, five-game skid was, was the loss of uh, Lisa Clarendon. And, you know, you, you don't really think of, oh, you know, a bench player um, is, no, is injured. Well, you know, that's easy to overcome. This is someone who, uh, you know, she's kind of a the the wise old lady on the team, you know, not that she's old at all, but I mean, she's just got this, this calming presence. She comes into the game and get into the huddle and, um, you know, and that's just, you know, in addition to her physical attributes, which Kurt Miller said, you know, here's someone who comes in and is a great help defender on the post. And, and these are things that, you know, typical basketball fans or lay people look at, don't really think about, you know, and dang, you see a, you, know, you look at what's going on with them, and and that is what was missing. You're looking at a, you know the posts, the opposing posts, uh, uh, storming through the defense, and it's because the help side wasn't there. You know things like that. So um, I, I think that this is a team that, uh, despite them saying that they don't go through one player, they go through John Quill Jones. They need to go through John Quill Jones, and uh, her inside presence uh, needs to continue to grow. Um, she's very comfortable and, and almost wants to step out, you know, like she wants to get out onto the wing and, and take those threes and which she's, you know, obviously very good at doing but as a uh, 35% three point shooter, uh, about 32, I think, but, um, uh, you know, she, she likes doing that. So, um, if she, her inside presence can grow and they can really start looking to her, uh, um, in that role, I, I think the sun, you know, the sky's the sky's the limit for the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so with JJ, I, I've 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 been waiting for kind of a moment where they just come down and start throwing her the ball more because so much of what has made them successful the last couple of years is the ball moves, it doesn't stick, everybody's <laughs> a threat to score. But you know what? Like you don't have you don't have this team doesn't have the top line superstar talent. But we think everybody thinks John Quill Jones can get there. But I it just I, I wonder if that moment will come in the regular season because I think it's something that you should want to be practicing because I just think if you get in a playoff series, you're not going to maybe, I mean, and some of these really good teams might not ever be whole, but I don't think you're going to win a playoff series with just that same regular season approach. I think at a certain point, the game grinds down and you really have to say like, all right, like this, the chips are down. We're just going to give her the ball and she's going to beat you. 
Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see that too, honestly. I mean, um, but the thing, you know, I honestly think, uh, um, God, who, uh, whoever they just played last, which I'm spacing on right now, but. Indiana? Um, yeah, they, they, she did that. I mean, the ball was going to her. She was calling for the ball. She wanted the ball. Um, she ends up with a, just having a huge day. Um, uh, scoring, rebounding, blocking shots, even passing a little. I mean, she looked great. And when and I do want, you know, in the playoffs, that has to happen. Um, you know, one, she's got to stay healthy. Um, she is on the floor an awful lot. She and I talked about that last week. You know, uh, she's she gets banged around in there a lot. Despite being 6'6", she's not even 200 pounds. You know, I mean, that's, that's legit. Um, she, uh, so while she's strong, she just needs to, to play a little bit bigger, um, and, and and I see her growing, and I see her kind of accepting that and and getting into it. Um, you know, someone else who I think is just has I, I, I've been tweeting about this a little bit because during that that losing streak, the person who wore their emotions on their sleeve the most was Alyssa Thomas, and I've, I've noticed that a little bit before. Like a list when a bad call happens or doesn't happen, Thomas gets demonstrative and when they were losing when shots weren't falling her body language was bad but man when things are going well that woman is the one who is you know the the first to give a high five and hugging players and things like this and I'm like wow this is someone who is feeling all of this stuff big time she just made the the all-star team as a reserve it's her second all-star appearance and she can go off I mean this is someone who can um, she has a little bit of that that star quality to her, and I, overall, I think she's the most talented person on the team. Um, she's inconsistent, and I think it probably has a little bit to do with the fact that she's just maybe a little bit over emotional about it. I, I, you know, let me rephrase that and say, just exceptionally passionate about it. I don't like saying over emotional because it sounds like something I would assign to a female athlete, right? But I mean this in just a sense that. Um, she is feeling all this stuff so much, and I think at times it affects the game. Um, but man, she when she gets going, she is incredibly fun to watch. You're no, you're you're 100 right. I mean, it's it's funny with the fouls and, and the the non calls, the calls, whatever. Like, you know, there are the players who are always going to have to wear that, where people just they have the rep and that they complain about everything, and everybody knows who we're talking about. You know, it's Diana Taurasi, <laughs> it's Tiffany Hayes. But yeah. you know, you know who never gets flack for that is Alyssa Thomas. She never, yeah. she never likes any call that gets made, and it, right. it's it's or fun. doesn't get made. <laughs> yeah, and and she has she has been a player where that doesn't really come up and that doesn't follow her. But to the idea of like, you know, okay, are people like starting to figure stuff out with the sun? I think there are a couple things that are like starting to show their show their face a little bit, and I think AT is one of them, where. There have been a few opponents that just and you you wrote about the Minnesota switching up their matchups is they're just gonna switch stuff that involves her and yeah. if if she her her going against a, a smaller player or against a wing it looks like a match a mis um, or it looks like a mismatch and she can score on those players sometimes but all but a lot of the times like she ends up she has to take really hard shots and that's where like the yeah. jumper the jumper comes in a lot of it is just like. A really tough, twisting, spinning floater, and I think it. And I think there have been moments where a couple of those miss. I think you just see it start to kind of wear on everybody. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree with it. You know, something else that I think this affects is um, it's a free throw shooting. Um, and uh, the Sun are dead last in free throw shooting, and by a lot. I mean, they're like like not even 71%, and I think that the next team is 76%. Um, th- that's problematic, you know. I, they, that is something that, you know, the, uh, the Washington Mystics lead the, the WNBA in, in free throw shooting percentage, and I, I want to say they're above 85%. I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure they're above 85%. That's 15 percentage points more. I mean, from number one to 12, how many points is that per game? You know, that's a lot of points per game. Um, and, and that's something where that, uh, you know, if you're letting things get to you or whatever it might be, that comes through in free throw shooting, in my, you know, expert opinion. Um, <laughs> I say that as a joke. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not the one out there is what I mean about it. But honestly, if I'm making, you know, 14 free throws a game compared to eight, I, that's six points. And, and three of the losses that the son of have, there's your difference. You know, so uh, that number needs to come up. And if that means stabilizing, uh, you know, your emotions with what you're playing, that's what it needs to be then. Yeah, it's with well with Alyssa Thomas being one of the players that shoots the most of them. I think I mean that's always going to drag that down a little bit. Um, her her struggles there have been well chronicled. Um, yeah, and I, I think with some of their other players, I think the bigger question is like who's going to get to the line. You know, looking to right. looking to their guards. You know, Jasmine Thomas. I think like a big takeaway from the Washington game. I mean, I you know, I. Stepping aside from like the enormity of the loss was just like Jasmine Thomas wasn't aggressive, and they're not going to beat a good team if she isn't. And Courtney Williams, you know, the, the ball isn't going in the basket for her at all this season. She's really struggling right. from the field. But the big picture thing hanging over everything still with her is like, all right, are you going to go to the are you going to go to the basket? And she doesn't. And you know, it's just it's just these you know these things all kind of seem to add up. And that you know, it's how much are you going to go to JJ? But also you know. Things get a little clunky for Alyssa Thomas, and then your guards. It's you know who's who's taking over, who's taking these shots, and is anybody going to put some real pressure on the basket? Yeah, and, and it's funny because you can we can sit and analyze this at this micro level and the numbers and these things. And as you said, I mean, they're still the number two team in the league, and they do they they to me these are things that will either get taken care of in a gradual fashion that we might not even realize it too much. Um, or they're going to show they'll, they'll rear their ugly heads again during the playoffs, and it's it will be another quick exit for the Sun. Well, I, I think that I should say like I do really think they are due for some self correction. I mean, JJ is yeah. at thirty one percent from three. She was she had that four for twenty one stretch, right. and that, that's not going to continue. Jasmine Thomas is shooting twenty three percent from mid range. She's never been an amazing shooter, but she's not in the 20s so I think she's going to make some more shots which will help and then Courtney Williams it's a much bigger drop for her she's shooting 25% from mid-range she's been low you know low 40s on some of the highest volume right. in the league so it, it, to some and man and she shoots so much you know I mean she, yeah. she really I mean you know I, I, I don't know how many she averages per game but um I it you know more than 12 every game um and uh but you know it, it was funny because i was asking um kurt miller about you know 
it's the girl's never seen a shot she didn't like, right? I was like, is that <laughs> yeah. what you want from her? And uh, he was like, absolutely. And he said this, and it, it startled me a little bit. His answer was, she is one of the best shot makers in the world. And I, I kind of I was like, in the world? And then you stop and think about it, and you're like, well, yeah, in the world. She's one of the best. And when she, when she gets rolling... It's a thing of beauty, but man, when she's just coming down and not running out the, you know, not taking some time off the shot clock or whatever it might be and chucking something up and you're just like, <gasps> and, and they're not going in right now. So it's even a, more of a, <gasps> so, I mean, it's kind of a funny thing, but I, I think that, I mean, she's, she's still getting, you know, I, I think at the beginning of the season, she was in the, I think the first eight games that she was in double uh, figures, she had a, a 23 point game, uh, a home game again, win, again, win against the Mystics. Um, but she's fallen off a little bit, but it seems like she's heating things back up. Uh, against Phoenix, she had a strong game. Um, I think she only had like 10 points, but it wasn't it, 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 the, the crazy shooting didn't seem like it was that bad. I still think she was about 5 for 12, but, um, but it just the, the shot selection seemed to be better. So... Yeah, and and she's she's a volume scorer. I've had some people say like, "Hey, why do you pick on her so much?" It's like you know what? If you sprint, you sprint down the court and you shoot a twenty footer, like you, those those shots just can't keep happening. If you're if you're serious about being a team that wants to win a championship, because the thing that people have to acknowledge about her game is she's not an elite playmaker. Most right. of what she does is to score for herself. So if you're not being efficient, you know there aren't all these plays adding up where she's also creating awesome shots for everybody else so like that so there is even more pressure when you're already taking some of the hardest shots in the league that yeah like yeah you are going to be graded on a very different curve and call it unfair if you want but that's just that's just what it is when you take those shots yeah i I agree and and i think she's she's open to that criticism and i've never seen this is something else that this team kind of blows my mind with they are the most transparent group I've met that like right from the get go, they are, were honest about um, the uh, uh, what happened with uh, Shanae um, Agumake. Like really, like just open, said exactly what happened, what was going on. Some of it was on the record, a little bit of it was off. But I mean, they told they told you what happened and how they felt about it. Um, when things aren't going well, they tell you what's going on and what they think about it. And with Courtney, she's you know she's funny she is a funny funny human being and she's she's you know sits and has a corner locker in the in the locker room um props her feet up on someone else's chair and you go in and talk to her and yeah you know courtney the shooting's not going real well for you she's like you know molly they're not falling right now she's like i take a lot of shots with that are low percentage that doesn't help um she was like but if i stop shooting who's gonna do it You know? And she was like, "They'll." She's like, "More will fall." She was like, "I'm not going to change my game. I'm just going to keep working on this." I'm like, "Okay, there you go." Yeah. So, so that and that that starting group that they have, they've been together for a while now, and and look, like part of the Chine stuff was like, you know, the people still still seem to disagree on like what really moved the needle to get that done. But you know what? Like, this made them a better team. They got that player out of the way to get their best player on the court. Because last year, I mean, last last season was kind of fake in a way. Like it was, yeah. it just never made sense for John Quill Jones to be coming off the bench. And it was they put themselves in this feedback loop where it's like, yeah, she got she got in late um, in the camp, and you can say she wasn't in shape and all this stuff. But it's like, all right, 
it just kept going. Like, all right, you're gonna, all right, we're almost in the playoffs. Okay, she's still not starting. Okay, and then you get to the playoff game. Who's on the floor in, in crunch time? John Cole Jones. Well, right. you could have done more to squeeze more out of that regular season to get your best yeah. player out on the court more. I, I, I agree with that. You know, I, I obviously wasn't following nearly as closely last year, but um, I went to several games. Big fan, and there's just there just seems to be more of a chemistry right now, um, a believable chemistry, you know, uh, and 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 it's it's nice to see. I mean, they, they genuinely look like they are having a blast with each other, um, and I think that's important for for you know teams that especially ones that live in Norwich, Connecticut. Um, <laughs> but they uh, something I, I think that is going to be interesting. It, it, it's funny because John Paul Jones is still only twenty five. You know, as someone who just turned 45, that, that sounds incredibly young. But, I mean, she is – she's still relatively young. Um, and, and, you know, they don't have a player that's over, that's over 30. This is still a young team. Yes, they have played together for a while now. But you're seeing more um, – uh, sort of more of the leadership roles and who's going to do what. And when you're talking about um, JJ being on the, the court in, in crunch time, she wants that now. I, I don't think she's ever going to be the rah-rah, you know, inspirational leader. I think I think right now that's more Jasmine Thomas. Um, but Jones is taking on, on that physical and give me the ball leadership. And, and I, I think that's something that if she embraces – uh, that could really change the fortunes of this team. Yeah, and and I want to and I want to clarify what I was saying too. And I think it's you know, look like if if there if beef exists, like I'm all for it. Like it's of course it's good for that to be in the game, but also like you know it's just you ha- you can only do you only have so many spots to fill. And yeah, you know they had to they they JJ is still very young and and her you know her playoff performance this year that it doesn't it's not going to determine the rest of her career but they also have a lot of other players on this team that are going to be hit free agency at the same time and they have to decide what the pecking order is and so much of their future is all right do you fit with jj and to know that you do have to kind of stretch her out a little bit more and and give her those chances but you know it's we're seeing you know we're seeing another example of that this year you know look at rsc sims in minnesota you know yeah in la for sure it just didn't work. Candace Parker needs the ball. Chelsea Gray needs the ball. Odyssey Sims needs the ball. You know who's gonna right. be, who's gonna be the, le- the left one? Out, who's gonna be left out there? It's gonna be Odyssey Sims. But now she's in a great situation where she can she can kind of play to more of her strengths. So it, it's and she really is. I mean, she looks yeah. great right now. Yeah. So it, the that that Connecticut starting group, they the the WNBA stat site. One of the great things they have available now is lineup data, and the Suns starting five has played the most minutes of any five-player lineup so far this season at almost 270. Yeah. And uh, next closest is Chicago at 240, but then it drops off really quick. So so that group plays a ton together. And obviously with Leja going down, I think the big question for this team is, you know, if you're going to play those groups for really long stretches together, what the heck are you going to do to piece together minutes Without them, so since you know, with getting some time with Leja out of that equation, what are you seeing so far with how they've handled that question? Well, um, you know, one thing with those stats, I mean, well, one of the things that's a little bit misleading with it is, is they're also one of the only lineups along with Chicago. They haven't had any injuries, right? right? I right, mean, they haven't had right. to. 
I mean, I mean to that starting five, of course. They yeah. haven't had any injuries. But um, in, so that, you know, obviously will boost the minutes altogether. But um, one of the things that uh, I, I think will be really interesting when it comes to uh, bench performance is um, – they lean heavily on on three players. It seems like Morgan Tuck, Bria Holmes, and um, Rachel uh, Bannum. You know, those are the first ones off the bench, and they are all kind of the same sort of player. You know, they're all sort of this uh, two-three kind of player. Tuck's a little bit bigger, but um, but she still sort of plays that role. Um, I don't think it, any of the three are defensive stalwarts, but uh, they'll do enough. Um, Christina Nigue is starting to get a little bit more playing time. And I'll tell you what, when she impressed me, um, going head to head against Sylvia Fowles, um, when, when at the beginning of the season, uh, Kurt Miller said that she was going to be someone who's going to take some time. She's raw and she's going to foul a lot. And he was like, but she is going to be a strong player in this league and watching her go against Sylvia Fowles when, uh, Jones was, you know, she was spelling Jones. Um, but she went against her and did not show any fear. Yes, she got a few whistles. But, man, she went after her. She, she, you know, was all over her. Um, I even, I took a couple pictures of it because, I mean, there were times when both of them were on one leg. They were fighting so much, you know, and battling for position. And someone's, you know, arm was caught around the other one. And, I mean, it was a blast to watch. And to see a rookie do that um, against someone who's, you know, Fowles is just a, a, a physical specimen, you know. I mean, she is strong and big and quick and good. Um, so I thought that was encouraging. Um, they just signed uh, two weeks ago Natisha Heideman, a rookie out of Marquette, and she's brought some real energy. Um, she's making a lot of silly rookie passes, but defensively, um, she's on. Um, I, uh, I'm sure I'm missing someone. Brianna Jones was someone that uh, everyone felt was going to have a big um, season, and she hasn't yet. Uh, you know, she came back from uh, Europe and had played really well, um, but she hasn't. We haven't seen that materialize yet. And uh, to me, it honestly looks like she's going to be need to be someone who focuses a little bit on on nutrition and 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 weights and and kind of slimming down and getting. Str- you know, stronger and a little bit more athletic. Um, you know, again, I say that as, as someone who's, who's watching the game, not in there playing every day, but um, she, she's just someone who, uh, she doesn't look like she's moving real well to me right now, but I think she has some, also has some raw talent, and they need that big, that big presence in there. They need, you know, to do the things that is doing right now, and to spell Jones, um, they're, they're going to need that. Yeah, Chris, it's, it, I I was pretty skeptical of the Jones stuff. I think it was, you know, I just, I felt all along. It was just, you know, you're going to say it because she's been there for a couple years. I think, you know, she she's more of a five. I don't really know. She hasn't really shown, like, a definitive strength that's going to keep her on the floor. And with Christine, she just, she's, she's probably, like, first team, like, doing everything a million miles an hour. But when she slows down a little bit, like, Christine can really score. And the defense will need a little bit more time to catch up. But, you know, like you said, you know, you put her out there against a bigger body, one of the more athletic people at the position. Like, she just looks like she belongs. Yeah. And, and there's value in that. With with Heidemann, do, do you know or what do you make of how, I mean, 
if they liked her, why didn't they just cut Bridget Carlton from the beginning and just keep? You it? know, I, I think that I, I think there are a couple things at play there. Um, and I think in Kurt Miller's mind, um, he wanted somebody who was going to be okay with not playing very much to bring intensity in practice um, to you know a little bit bigger shooter, good you know strong defender, someone who can rebound. And in Bridget Carlton, who is the Big Twelve Player of the Year uh, out of Iowa State, um, and she had an attitude where you know like it, he had seen her on the Canadian national team not play but never give any attitude about it, you know, not be any kind of cancer in that role. And I think that was his, I think that was the primary motivation. Um, so, you know, and with Leisha Clarendon there, they didn't have that need. Right, right. Uh, to, you know, with, with that position specifically. But with her out, they needed to get that, that quicker guard um, instead of a you know a three four, they needed to get someone who's more of a one two player, and uh, Heidemann is that. And and the thing was, is I, I think that you know he didn't come out and specifically say this, but I think that was a very hard cut for him to make. You know, the, the first one, the, you know, first time cutting Heidemann, and then right. and then the second time doing it, you know, cutting Carlson. I think that those were two really difficult moves for him to make because uh, he saw a lot in both of them. Yeah, I, I think the I think bringing up the laser thing is kind of fair. I think it's just it does make sense that it's just you know, laser got hurt and suddenly they needed more of a guard type and Carlton's yeah. pretty a pretty strict wing, and I, I and I think on some level too I think you know I think Bria Holmes like may have been more of a mystery coming into the season. You just didn't know how she was going to perform, and you know she's not she's not shooting like shooting lights out like any jump shot she makes is gravy, but everything else she's doing pretty well and. And so I think that kind of saps at what they can kind of give to Carlton as far as an opportunity. Right. Yeah, and it's funny to me, like, uh, Bria Holmes to me is still, like, the main mystery. I mean, I, 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 seeing her play, I mean, there are times where you're just like, wow. And then there are other times where I'm like, what the heck? Um, she doesn't show a lot of emotion, so you really can't gauge it. Um she, to me, she's she's a mystery, and when she plays well, and it's usually defensive or on the glass or some kind of hustle play, um, I get really excited. And I and I and I, you know, when I get excited in the game, I kind of turn around. I expect to see the player get pumped up or something, and she is just like deadpan. So I, I have not figured her out yet. Uh, I'll have to work on that in the second half of the season. Maybe I need, maybe I need a Bria Holmes feature coming up just to try to get to talk to her and figure out a little bit. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I think I think it was. I mean, it was a really good move for them. Obviously, something more on the margins, even back when it happened. And you know, I think I think it just it gets it gets really tough for them with with some of these combinations. You know, because if if Bria's out there with Alyssa Thomas, all right, well, that's kind of two two spots where people aren't really going to guard them when they don't have the ball. That makes right. everything tougher for everybody else. Because you know, even Courtney Williams, like she doesn't really, she hasn't really, you know, as much as we talk about, like she hasn't seen a shot she doesn't like. If she would just like shoot some more spot up three pointers when she's open, like that would yeah. really help them a ton. Which just feels so strange to still be saying that with, <laughs> with this. But you know, the I guess like the the player I wanted to end on, or just the last the last thing I had to bring up with the bench was, you know, Tuck isn't playing. Morgan Tuck isn't playing a ton, and and last year really felt like kind of a moment for her where she was just she was healthy from the start and she was moving really well and. They went with all these big lineups, and part of that was just you had to do it with Chinay, and there isn't as much 
there isn't another big in the rotation really putting that much pressure to put him out there. But I am a little surprised that I, I I don't know. It's maybe it's you know it's probably some combination of both of just Tuck maybe showing a little bit more, but also just getting her out there because that I mean that's somebody that will be a willing shooter and can and can knock down shots when people leave her open. Yeah, you know she's one that she also you know first of all everybody here loves her right i mean she's a yukon alum and so the, the fans love her they want to know why she isn't playing as much she has a you know just seems to have a fantastic attitude um but she's someone who like for me right now she seems um and again this is this is something i you know i i, I have a hard time talking i just i mean like because i don't want to be like oh she's out of shape you know like i, I don't know her body type i don't know her regimen and for me to say any professional athlete is out of shape is is a is gross <laughs> you know but the thing is that to me she doesn't look like she's comfortable moving right now she doesn't look like she's moving well um and uh, you know i didn't see her play a ton in college um i don't know you know she's big um she's she's got some quick some deceiving quickness but to me right now she just doesn't look like she's moving like she wants to be um, if, if that makes any kind of sense. Um, I, and, and I think, and you watch some of these players as they get older, especially after they hit 30, um, they really start to take uh, nutrition and diet so much more seriously. Um, you know, you look at someone like Sue Bird. I was looking at her. I mean, obviously, she's much older. But yet looking at her pictures of when she was in her mid-20s, and she's kind of got this whole baby fat thing going on and, and uh, you know, someone like Sylvia Fowles, who's just turned into this, you know, chiseled beast. Um, when they when they start taking the, that nutrition part of of being an athlete a lot more seriously, that th- you see them starting to move differently. Now, obviously, that's going to be you, you need to do that as you get older, right? I mean, you're going to slow down a little bit, so you need to have that advantage. But it seems to me that some of the younger players, if they started taking just a little bit of that. Um, you know, and someone like a Brianna Jones and a Morgan Tuck, and obviously their, their size is something that they use to their advantage. But right now, to me, the, the two of them look like they aren't as comfortable moving around as as they would like to be. Um, and again, I don't I don't want to be a, a jerk about it, right? I mean, like I'm not saying they're fat or anything like that. They're they're fan, phenomenal athletes and world class specimens. But I just mean like they just don't look like they're moving as well as they could. They get tired a little quicker than it seems to me. Um, and the, I, I think that that could help both of them. No, it's fair, and I think the thing you can really point to with Tuck is she has to be a threat when she puts the ball on the floor. And that's where you saw last year where she was really finishing some drives, either make it just make the right pass or score or go score it, you know, because the it isn't she isn't getting a ton of open spot up looks. So if she isn't doing that, you know, what else is she doing on the floor? And, and, you know, some of the drives she's making, she's just not, you know, some of it's decision making. Some of it is just not it's just not all the way there to finish the play. So, yeah, it's. You know, I, I think Morgan can be a very, um, I don't want to say unique, she can be a very, she can really put a lot of pressure on people as a matchup off the bench because not every team has a stretch big that can also yeah. put it on the floor a little bit, but she has, you know, she has to score the ball and, and some of that is context, no lasia and just also playing just with full bench groups a lot of the time, it's just, you aren't going to get, you're, you might not find shots as easily, but 
I think that's I think that's kind of kind of hinting at the theme with with the group is like if they they need to find if they're gonna play all bench units a lot when their starters aren't out there they kind of have to find a way to to create some more easy baskets. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's that was nicely said. <laughs> so let's uh, let's wrap up on All Star. If you just I don't know if you have. I don't know if it's more interesting to you, like, you know, with who didn't make it, I guess Jasmine Thomas would probably be the first one if you feel she was snubbed or if just your reaction. I didn't really Jay-Jay. think anyone was so, so, um, me, snubbed. I think it was a pretty good, they, I, th- I think they, they got it right. You know, I, I thought that it was, a, I thought the starters were, were pretty well balanced. Um, I was happy to see Erica Wheeler get picked. She's one of the most exciting players I've ever seen. That girl is fast. And when she's dealing, I mean, she is fun to watch. So uh, I wouldn't say there are any snubs. Honestly, uh, um, Thomas has been, you know, Jazz has been a little streaky. You know, Uh, she had seven turnovers in a game a couple weeks ago. You know, I mean, she's had some great moments. So I I thought uh, JJ and uh, uh, AT making it, uh, that was solid. Yeah, I think think that was definitely the correct first two. Uh, it, it was it was interesting looking at kind of the last couple spots because I think you have you have these two worlds kind of meeting of okay Jasmine Thomas Tiffany Hayes even yeah. like Courtney Vandersloot who got in you have you have some big names stars who don't have the most aren't having the most amazing statistical campaigns and then you have an Erica Wheeler who relative yeah. to her past is having an awesome season. But then as I looked at it and you really stack it up against these players, I kind of said, like, okay, like it, I think like there definitely is like an argument that I think on some level, like the story of Erica Wheeler getting in is a little yeah. bit of a factor there versus like, you know, I, I do kind of feel like all-star is also like you reward the better player, but you know, it, that's, uh, that's what makes I this fun you know, too. Like, I, I think Vandersloot is the best point guard in the league right now. With Subert out of the game, I think I think Vandersloot is it's a crazy thing. I just I just moved, like I just bought a house and it moved, and I was going through a bunch of stuff to throw away, and uh, I found this um, Washington high school basketball program because uh, that I'd covered I'd covered it like you know a million years ago for the Seattle Post Intelligencer, and I was looking through it, and sure enough, there's like Courtney Vandersloot as a junior in high school. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things I was like, wow, man, that's crazy. You know, and, and to, to see how her game has, you know, she's another one. You look at her body type and how she has changed over the years. Um, man, she's like, like a, she's a slender, ripped machine right now. I love her game. I think she's just kind of a, and if, if she wouldn't have gotten in, that would have been a snub to me. Um, but I, I thought they, I thought it was done pretty well. I, I thought that the, I liked how they did it with the you know a percentage of fan vote and then the GMs vote. I thought that was pretty cool. Good on the WNBA for that. Yeah, and it's I think and the the interesting thing about you know I obviously save like my really strong opinions you know like for season end awards where I think that obviously like carries a little more like legacy you know weight and all that stuff. But with something like this, I think it is interesting because everyone has a unique blend of how they kind of stack up the different criteria you can look at because you have stuff that gets in there like okay this team has this many all-stars and this team has this many and and having to like sift through all that i think is really interesting because i think deep down for all of us i think it's also just like something that's really hard to just articulate 
how we kind of factor all that in. Yeah, that, you're, you're right. And, and it's, uh, it, you know, it's funny. I was actually, uh, I was at the very first WNBA All-Star game in 1999 in New York City. And uh, to see how, uh, you know, I'm really excited about how Las Vegas is going to be doing this. Um, I think it's. I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a heck of a show. First of all, um, I thought last year's game itself was really exciting, but there were a lot of, you know, fans were upset that there wasn't anything going on around it. Um, so I, I, I think that I, I'm excited to see how Las Vegas puts this on. Um, you know, with something that's really interesting is we're kind of missing a uh, like a generation of stars who are just out injured. You know. Like, I mean, Tarazi's not in it. Sue Bird's not in it. Um, so, like, it's kind of funny to see we've got these older players who just aren't there because of injuries. And it's kind of a, you know, an, in a way, a peek into the future of the game, too. So, I'm, I'm excited for it. And you're going to be there, man, right? I mean. Yep. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be quite a show. It'll be fun. Um, you know, obviously, like, the the Liz DJ thing of Snoop Dogg and Iggy that's just going to be. <laughs> awesome just to see the pictures of that and just you know see her in that element that'll be fun but that'll be sweet yeah but we'll uh we'll look forward to following along with you the rest of the season this is obviously a team we're gonna need to be following closely and and stay familiar with they're not they're definitely not going anywhere but uh let people know if you have anything specific in the works that you can tease and just where they should be uh keeping up with you do you know um you can uh, find me on twitter at uh molly yanity um and uh, my work is at the Athletic WNBA. Um, we're going to be working on a couple different things, a, a feature about Christina Nigue coming up uh, on Monday, and some stuff about the uh, uh, ownership group of Connecticut, of the Connecticut Sun, which is the uh, Mohegan uh, tribe, the, the Native American tribe. And they were the first um, uh, WNBA owners that were not affiliated with an NBA team. So um, that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, that's that'll be interesting. All right, so we'll uh, look forward to keeping up with that and uh, having you on the show again soon, Molly. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Ben, I appreciate it. Thanks so much.